should have fucking included a new chair. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of chair and desk noise on this podcast. There really is. <laughs> I mean, I it's to be expected when we're fucking in isolation. Well, I, no, it's a mix of that and also just adds character, man. It totally adds character. You get you get brought into the lovely character. Chicago vibe apartments. Yeah, you brought into the to our living rooms. Exactly. Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy Max Lyon. What's up? watch rom-coms, and then record our thoughts and place it on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners' listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing this fine day? Well, I'd be doing a lot better if I hadn't fucked up my goddamn knee. Doing absolutely nothing. Like, this is this is what it's come to at the age of 33. This is what getting old is. You know what you what did is you got old is what you did. Yeah. Fucking God. Getting old is stupid. <laughs> it's Dude, your fucking fault living. isolation I, i'm literally just walking around my apartment and somehow now i have a knee injury that is swell <laughs> this is the universe's way of saying stop living just, just, <laughs> <laughs> just, just call it a day you skipped right right over just being old and gone right to just just call it a day man just, just yep yep you don't want to see where we're going. <laughs> Just get what? out. Speaking oh, of, where uh, is that truck going in the background? Uh, I'm assuming into one of the apartment buildings here in the street here in Chicago. Just in case you're wondering, I am in Chicago still. <laughs> well, yeah, where the fuck else would we go? That's that's the fucking joke of it, Doc. <laughs> this is a joke that I was saying. But so how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing. Man, no one asked me that, you know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's check in on uh, Renee, huh? Let's 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 yeah, check in on Renee. You know, check in on myself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm doing well. You know, just not going outside at all. Um, yeah. Pretty Admiring much. the beautiful snow, which we finally got a little bit more of. Yeah, and. Yeah, I just don't trust anyone right now. I this month is I think this month is gonna be the worst of it as far as the pandemic and everything else like that. But Yeah, I agree. I, I, I wanna make I it through think, January and just see what happens with the spikes and all that because after the I holidays. legit I just feel like it's so unsafe outside right now. With like Me too. the different yeah mutations of the virus now being out there <laughs> along with just people not giving a fuck it's just like ah let me just make sure that there's more vaccine out in the world <laughs> before I, I go out again like i just <sighs> well, i need yeah. more people vaccinated speaking of which my friend hannah you know hannah yeah. uh she got she's a nurse so she got both rounds of the vaccine already and the first round she said gave her a little bit of a headache the second round, she was like, 
having like all these fucking horrible sim- like flu-like symptoms from for like two days straight. I was like, all right, that, I guess that makes sense. But fuck, that's what I got to look forward to. I guess I'll take that over the other alternatives. But shit, man. Like, I mean, you got to also think like it reacts differently in everyone. So hopefully it's true, not true. Hopefully, you know, it becomes okay-ish in you. But yeah, that's a good no. point. That's a very good point. Yeah. I know, man. It's it's weird. I keep telling myself, like, let's just make it through January and see where the world's at. Because, like, Biden will be inaugurated. Vaccine will have taken effect for a few weeks on, on you know, like, frontline staff and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the spikes from the holidays will have kind of, like, subsided, hopefully. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is all fingers crossed type shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, until then, I'm right there with you. Like, until then, I'm not fucking going outside. I'm too scared of it. Yeah, um, I'm good where I'm at. Um, Especially now being unemployed without healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> that too. That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, 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 I mean, with all this, like, not going outside and everything else, it's... It makes... Yeah. It makes you miss the simplicity of younger days, doesn't it? Yeah, the simplicity of younger days and just being able to go out and do stuff. And yeah. Speaking of going out, we watched The Perfect Date this week. The Netflix rom-com from 2019 starring Noah Centineo, who is also the star or co-star of To All the Boys I've Loved Before, the wildly popular Netflix Netflix films there. Uh, so yeah, Noah Centineo is kind of the uh, the Netflix teen rom com heartthrob. Uh, he's he's in a few of these movies, and I don't like him. Is very popular amongst the the teenage girl crowd, and honestly, with me, I I like him. <laughs> I've liked him in all the films I've watched. He's a bitch. Shut your mouth. You could you could take that fucking charisma and get the hell out of here. <laughs> take your good looks and charisma elsewhere, motherfucker. Take your boyish charm and get the hell out of here. <laughs> we got no place for that here in rom coms. <laughs> uh, I just realized I've been like tapping on my like portable heater nearby. <laughs> That's good to do while recording a podcast. Yeah. All right. Not, not creating some sort of uh, conducive element there for electricity. It is what it is. <laughs> it, you know, it does what it does. Uh, but yes, uh, the perfect date. Let's talk about the movie film stats thing. Uh, the perfect <laughs> date is a 2019 American teen film romantic comedy film. That is exactly how it's written. Wait, really? That's actually how it's, what it says? It is a 2019 American teen film romantic comedy film. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Chris Nelson from a screenplay by Steve Bloom and Randall Green. which And it is based on the novel The Stand-In by Steve Bloom, published by 
Carol wrote a lab in October of 2017. So it was like a, it looks like a young adult novel. Um, and the stand in is what they called that in the movie. Mm. Uh, and then the film, of course, stars Noah Centineo, Laura Morano as Celia, Camila Mendez as Shelby, oh, yeah. uh, Odysseus Georgiadis as Murph, and Matt Walsh as the dad. That's a no, fucking, really? that's his fucking name. That's an awesome name. Odysseus Georgiadis. Yeah. Yeah. What I is agree. that? Is that like fucking that's old that's school, Greek. like Greek and shit? Oh, that's, that's cool. As fuck. Yeah. Um, and then this movie was released on April 12th of 2019. I remember seeing it. I think the first weekend it was out. Uh, I think I had caught wind of a trailer right like the week before and then when it came out i was immediately like oh hell yes i'm watching this i was actually just getting done being unemployed at that time myself (laughs) Uh, that was my uh in between time between working at my previous job and my current one because i started at my current one on tax day of 2019 oh yeah yeah so yeah, that weekend I was just like, you know, oh, I gotta go to work on Monday. Da, 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 da. And so I was just like kind of chilling and like, you know, being poor. And then I was <laughs> like, oh, hey, a new movie on Netflix, something to pass the next two hours. So wow, you were really prepared for 2020 then. I really was. I've, <laughs> I've been, I've been here. <laughs> you know? uh, what about you? Uh, did, when did you? Because you mentioned you've seen this movie before, but like, yeah, I think ever... I think I did a very similar thing when it came out. Uh, I watched it pretty quick, um, and I remembered it being pretty entertaining and and decent, uh, mm-hmm. but nothing you know super memorable or anything. The concept is, of course, what I remembered from it: that he like g- creates an app to go on a date, you know, with all these other high schoolers that want a chauffeur kind of thing. Yeah. So I thought that was a cool idea, a cool concept. That's what stuck with me. But other than that, I didn't really remember a whole lot. So, and especially now, I don't know, something about being unemployed. We must want to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it speaks to the unemployed. Um, so, <laughs> because it's about movie, high school. <laughs> yeah. The movie is 90 minutes long, and that's with credits. So, I mean, they it accomplished uh, a lot in 90 minutes. They, yeah. I don't feel like any stone was left unturned. No. The only thing you could possibly say is that he hits the resolution pretty, like he turns it all around without a montage, technically. Oh, like, yeah. Small, but at the same time, it makes complete sense because the downfall of him is a, is not necessarily an immediate one. It's a continuing downfall where he kind of gets warned by Murph about not being a good friend and not hanging out. And then the whole Celia thing had the breakup, which she was kind of, which she was oblivious to, but like you knew you were counting down to the breakup and then the Murph thing finally falls through. And then the Celia thing finally falls through. And then he, and then he finally realizes it after it's all already happened. So at that point, you don't really need much of a, like a him figuring it out part 
because you've basically seen him figure it out just extremely slowly. As I said in the live tweets for this movie, um, which I didn't finish again, I need him. <laughs> but uh, I'm honestly impressed you remember every time. Yeah. As I said in the live tweets, though, uh, Brooks, you cute, but you dumb. <laughs> to, remember, <laughs> to reference another line from uh, Always Be My Maybe, another Netflix film. Uh, you cute, but you dumb. <laughs> That's a very uh, apropos way to describe him. Like, I mean, doesn't she even describe him that way at one point? She says that he, she calls uh, him an she calls ob- him oblivious. Oblivious. Like, that's right. And that's right. Her prank. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think he was a self-absorbed prick. I think he was a little self-absorbed, but bound to happen when you're a senior in high school and you think, you know, the world is at your feet and you're going to go out and conquer it. (laughs) Especially (laughs) with someone who has high expectations like Yale. Jesus. Uh, Wait one second. Why are you you quiet all of a sudden? I am finishing the tweet. (laughs) (laughs) I'll read it here. I was wondering I'll, what the hell was going I'll on. It, I'll read it here. Uh, I wrote, I forgot to end this, and I mentioned that on the podcast. So listen to that as it comes out tomorrow. Until then. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's just tweetception. You read it. <laughs> you read it now. Then you wait till tomorrow. And then you hear this the day after I said it when I retweeted it. It's all... <laughs> <laughs> Full if you circle, keep up with circle. that, if you keep up with that, then round of applause. Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio ain't got shit on that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> spinning top, my ass. You know, it's all oh, about spinning this. top. We got a podcast yeah. now, bitch. <laughs> um. So we don't have a box office for this film, obviously, because it was released on Netflix. So what right. I'm going to do now is I'm going to ask you to guess the budget of the film. We've talked enough about budgets, and that's just given to you most of the time. So this time, I want you to guess the budget of the film. $20 million. No. <laughs> it is $5.7 million. Whoa. Holy I shit, mean, that's cheap. Yeah, I mean, it. it is. And at the same time, if you think about it, though, like with the actors that they got, like they got a bunch of young actors that had names like Camila Mendez in Riverdale, Noah Centineo in other Netflix rom-com films and has a, a following. True, true. Uh, Laura yeah. Morano, actually, I believe she was in some Disney stuff. Um, oh, was she? So she, so she kind of had a following from there. Um, so it was just like, they have name recognition, but they're not like famous, like A-listers or anything else like that. So you can still pay them pretty cheap. So I'm sure they got like all the actors for probably like maybe a half mil to a mil, somewhere in that range. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, yeah, like, that's a good point. That makes a lot of sense. And then the rest of it is just, you know, all location stuff. And I mean, that the workplace and the schools are probably not. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that probably cost money was 
traveling from New York to Connecticut with all the filming stuff yeah. and then having to film shit in Yale. So fun fact, check this shit out. Laura Murano. So the character who plays Celia or the, mm-hmm. the girl who plays Celia. Yep. She was one of the original five classmates on, are you smarter than a fifth grader? No way. Yeah, apparently. Wow. Yeah. Shit, She's man. smart. She's smart. Smarter, smarter than a fifth grader, some would say. Yeah, some would say. <laughs> I bet she's yeah, got that, an attractive frontal lobe. <laughs> that's, that's a little too far. That's a little too far. Uh, that's what she says in the movie. I know, I know. And then that's how that's how he responds. He kind of gives her a look and she goes, yeah, that's too far. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was coming out. <laughs> uh, so there are 17 reviews for this film on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. What is the percentage given to this film? Mm, I'm be optimistic. I'm going to say like 55%. It is 65%. Oh, wow. Good. The critics consensus, though it may not be the perfect rom-com, the perfect date's endearing lead still managed to show viewers a fun, if overly familiar, time. Yeah. Thought, thoughts on that? Well, overly familiar? I'm not sure I 100% agree with that, but... Well, they're just saying rom-coms in general. I mean, yeah. Teen rom-coms. But the, like, yeah, I mean that's the, that's the that's what you're getting into when you go into this genre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like for instance, uh, we'll start with bad reviews. Um, Christy Putko of Pajiba, I don't know. Uh, she wrote, <laughs> "I liked the Perfect Date better when it was called Lover Boy, which was an '80s teen com or teen rom com, I believe." Uh, Kimber Myers of the Los Angeles Times wrote. The perfect date feels engineered by Netflix algorithms. Hmm. Uh, and then uh, Allison Foreman of Mashable wrote, Brooks isn't the only shallow character in this exhausting story. His dueling love interest Shelby and Celia, played by Camila Mendes and Laura Morano, get written into similar quarters. Hmm. But the good reviews... Uh, Constance Grady of Vox wrote, it's a perfectly middle-of-the-road teen flick, and it is notable mostly because it gives Centineo plenty of opportunities to do what he does best. Gaze longingly at girls. Linda Holmes of the NPR wrote, uh, this isn't quite going to scratch your rom-com itch in a satisfying way, but by the end, I was essentially on board. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually not a bad review. That's that's and pretty much sums it up. The one that I agree with the most here, though, is Roger Moore of <laughs> Movie Nation. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, he wrote, obvious. But the banter, like the rom-com is obvious, but the banter's winning and the leads damned or- are damned adorable together. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. The banter's winning and the leads are adorable together. That does so about start, sum it up. Yeah, so let's start there. I mean, I, we, I talked briefly about Noah Centineo and how much I like him as an actor and everything else. 
just overall as a cast, I was just really happy with the cast. I, all of them were just fun to watch and I enjoyed their performances. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was also refreshing to see some antagonist characters that weren't like true old school black and white antagonists, you know, that had redeemable qualities about them. You know, like him and Camila Mendez's character, for example, like they break things off, not because of some huge fallout fight and, you know, drama and shit like that, or something's revealed to make the audience hate her and she becomes the villain type character. They yeah. just go their separate ways because they're different people and they want different things. <laughs> I mean, from Close. our point of view, she's, she's, but my point is she's not like an old school villain, dude. Yes. Agreed. I agree a hundred percent on that. Yes. Cause like they, cause I, you, what you said about them being different people is the best way to describe it. Cause yeah, it like, it shows the dinner scene and that they can't, they don't really have a conversation, but it's not because she's just like, stereotypically be valley girl like right oh my god my nails like oh my god this like that and like she's just like yeah i'm gonna do exactly what my dad does and you know this is exactly yeah. how my life gonna go because that's what i think right now granted she's probably gonna have a crisis of faith here relatively soon in the next oh, yeah. one to four years but oh, until yeah. then i mean that that's a definite like plausible way of you know she would want to go like she knows what the fuck she's gonna do and it and it's the you know different, and she's looking for something different than Noah. I'll, granted, it's a little bit shallow or whatever the case. But at the same time, that's what she's looking for. That's what she wants. And then with uh, uh what's his face, Brooks? Like the reason Brooks, she breaks, up, breaks it off with Brooks is that he is, as she says, he's a liar. And it's just like okay, yeah, that makes complete sense. Like, yeah. I'm like. Finding out he's not rich and he's been dating a bunch of girls on an app and like all this other sort of stuff. And so you don't really know who he is anymore. And so then everything clicks together. Then it's just like, yeah, easily, you know, why this isn't moving forward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, and I thought, uh, I mean, I thought uh, the other lead, who was, the, who was the love interest against Celia? There we go. God, they all have such weird names. Shelby, Brooks, Celia. And Murph. And Murph. Not even That's Murphy. The... Yeah. Murph. God, what the fuck? Keeping up with this shit. I don't know. Fucking don't know millennials. What... I I want to say that the author was literally like, I want to use names that haven't been used in in stories before. <laughs> if I use Tom, if I use Thomas, I'm it's pretty sure someone else is called Thomas, you know? <laughs> Oh, yeah, but um, I know you didn't ask about characters, and somehow we ended up on characters. You asked about I mean, nah, but I, I mean, let's talk. Let's. I mean, we. This is a free flowing conversation. All right. It's true. That's, that's true. That's true. Free flowing conversation that goes where it goes. All right. But like that's something else that can be talked about. I liked like I finding out it was a novel before it was written as a script, and that the author was part of the script writing team is huge. Because that allowed the actual, well, I'm assuming, like, that's why the script was so fun, because it was a story that was known to be successful, and that they, I'm sure that they kept the same beats, because it showed through on the screen. And having one other person along with the author makes it feel like they fit 
what this book was onto the screen and added some good jokes. And that just allowed all the jokes and the dialogue to really shine through with the story that was already hashed out. So then they could just spend more time on making the jokes and the dialogue really nice. Yeah. Yeah. The dialogue did flow quite nicely. There were some good, there was a lot of good banter, a lot of good witty, sarcastic retorts, especially from Celia, Mm -hmm. Um, which like at first, of course, it, it works perfectly. It paints her off as kind of an annoying character that like, yeah, she's cute, but right now she's kind of just being annoying for annoying sake because she can and like thankfully she she moves past that and she grows past that as a character and by the end she's yeah by the end she's fucking adorable and it's like oh my god like yeah this is these are great characters they're just fun simple characters yeah the apology that she gives the half apology after the dance thing that's when you as an audience can like really be like, okay, I like her, you know, yeah, like, I, exactly. I get, I get her now. I like her. Cause you kind of have a good feeling about her, which was actually played perfectly because these are two people who are kind of being thrown together in this very awkward, could be awkward situation. This guy's getting paid to take her to a dance. That's awkward as fuck. Right. And so, so by the end of it, you wearily like both characters because you've wearily have gotten to know them a little more, but at the same time, they've also done some shit that you're just kind of like, eh. So like, <laughs> so so by the end of it, you kind of have a good opinion of them, but at the but you're not 100 sure. That's kind of how that like that's kind of the perfect you know impression to have at that time in these dates. You know what I mean, like. In that yeah. situation, if you were after like a first blind date, quote unquote, like that, you should have that kind of impression where you wearily like, I kind of liked them, but I'm not sure. And then by the time she calls and apologizes, then you're just like, okay, I like her. Yep, exactly. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. I like that. Um, and one last thing about the story structure. I liked how the fallout from or brooks like has a fallout with each of the characters i know i mentioned it earlier how like it was yeah. a slow but progressive downfall even his dad. Like that each character told him off basically like murph and then shelby and then celia like he had to get told off by all of them and be stuck alone and then when he finally talks to his dad and his dad gives him the dad speech which gotta have a dad speech gotta then then he realizes oh okay this is i i still want to know what is that like to have a healthy relationship with your <laughs> he mentioned that during the movie <laughs> and it was just like oh. it so wonderful and i'm sitting there just thinking oh fuck what's that like yeah i couldn't tell you <laughs> um Another thing I liked that, I mean, this is just, you know, what we liked about the movie. Um, uh, but no. Oh, gosh. What was it? Oh, like, well, not necessarily liked, but I noticed was that it was the char- the main character had mom issues and not dad issues this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The role reversal. Yeah. And honestly, that was kind of the case with Celia as well. The mom was overbearing and not necessarily the dad. 
Well, that's true. I mean, yeah, from what little we do, what little snippet we do get of her home life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. She does kind of come off as a little bit more of an overbearing uh, parental figure of the two. Yeah. But, huh. I mean, the... But the yeah, dad is the one that's sucking up to, what is it, the Yale, the Yale uh, president? By letting him lose, <laughs> or by losing to him in poker for 10 years straight? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but he just seemed more like, you know. Passive. Like, he was just like, all right, well, I, I had plans, but if you don't want to do them, we won't do them. <laughs> like, he just seemed kind of, just seemed beta. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going with the flow, man. He's just chilling. He's like, man, if I gotta wear these fucking suburban fucking house dad sweaters, then I guess I'll just fucking enjoy the ride, man. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. Was there anything that stood out to you in the film as far as like a scene or like uh celia's fucking eyes <laughs> <laughs> go ahead uh, talk about him talk about him all right let me first just say like this entire movie was confusing for me just because i kept going between celia and shelby and i'm just going i my brain doesn't know what to do right now like give me two self-assured confident sarcastic remotely intelligent brunettes and i'm i'm, I'm toast <laughs> <laughs> plus uh, yeah i mean it, and granted we're in our early 30s and these characters are supposed to be playing high school seniors so the, get yeah the, but the we both know that they're not unquote, so. we get the inherent quote-unquote awkwardness of this quote-unquote at the same time the actresses are both in their 20s yeah still doesn't make it much better <laughs> but but nonetheless continue <laughs> But they're beautiful. And honestly, uh, Celia, what is her name? Laura Murano. Um, her, she has really cool eyes. They're really like, I've never seen Iris is that dark where it looks like her whole eye is like one solid dark color. It's cool. Yeah. So there were several scenes where they're like gazing, gazing at each other or like the camera is close to, uh, to Noah's point of view or something. And we get to see a little deeper into her eyes and it's just like, I kept getting like hooked into the scene by them. That's Looking at her big brown eyes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That song was, I think was out before she was born. All right. Other so- than that, no, I don't <laughs> think there's anything else that stood out. I mean, it, it was, it was just, I get that some of the reviews were like hitting on that. It might've had a little of an exhaustive, I don't know, archetype to it, but <clears throat> I don't know. It, it's like, it's a high school rom-com. Like you got to know going into it, their world is, you know, you, the size of your world and your reality when you were that age was tiny. So problems weren't as big and there wasn't much of a story to tell yet, you know? Yeah. I What, <laughs> what was interesting to me in this film is the central question, which is who is and whatever the person's name is. That's what this movie's all about. Who are you? 
Yeah, that was a big theme. Is a it was a huge thing because Celia was trying to figure out who she was, really, you know, as far as like, or at least letting her walls down. Uh, Brooks especially was trying to figure out who he is. Shelby assumed she knows who she is, but like, it was just a matter of like, every who, what is your identity? What do you identify as? What are your future plans? Like everything else, and there is there are identity identity crises that happen when you start like leaving the high school area because like in high school you have your identity like there's cliques and there's stereotypes and in high school it's very easy to have an identity of oh i'm the jock i'm the this i'm the that i'm the whatever the fuck yeah like i said the world your world your world once you leave high school it's just a constant identity crisis (laughs) and you don't know how to identify yourself (laughs) and then (laughs) once you figure out that you don't necessarily figure out what your identity is. You figure out that identities don't matter. Or identity, identity. at the very least that identity can be fluid, you know, like just because who you are right this second, you know, maybe something you don't want to be like the, like his dad gives him in his little dad lecture. Exactly. Like his dad said in the speech, like it's a matter of where, who I was and who I want to be. Yeah. Cutting the difference in the middle. And that's who I am. I think that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, well, it's it's referencing what I've been, not forgetting about it or acting like it didn't happen, learning from it. But then it's also maintaining some level of hope for the future as well. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you want to become something else or change this or tweak that and, you know, know that uh, you're a work in progress. Yeah. 100%. I mean, that's totally, I think, I don't know. That's totally something you can relate to, right? Because I know I can. Like, that's. Oh, absolutely. I think that's like a very common thematic thing to touch on. So I moved 2,000 miles to live with a friend in his one bedroom (laughs) at the age of 20 because I was just, I didn't know who I was or I had an idea of what I wanted, what I thought I wanted to do maybe. And like, that was literally how sure of it was. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Like at least when I check it out, but the, but I just knew I needed to get out of there. You know what I mean? And so you took a chance. Yeah. I'm well aware of identity crises. (laughs) Like it's just, well, yeah. fuck, that's the whole reason I moved out here, too. And I got to tell you, it's it's not any better when you're the type of person who supposedly knows what they want. So I was Camila Mendez's character in that scenario where I was like, I know the fucking track I'm on. I'm going to be an architect. I'm going to move all the way out there. I'm going to go to school and finish my, my master's. And then I did all of that. And now I'm like, oh, that's not at all really what I wanted to do all along, was it? Mm-hmm. And that was something else I liked about the dialogue of this film was that <laughs> there was the 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 ice cream conversation that they had, which was a fantastic scene. Like first off, that there's a freezer full of ice cream like that. Oh, and, the, what was that? The at the at the initial party. The, the, uh, the, after Celia does the apology, she has him to be her date. To yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I just loved, like, 
as they're talking, she's just like, oh, you're putting a lot of, you know, a lot of your happiness hinges on these external factors. And you're probably going to be, you know, or whatever the hell she says. And then he says basically the same thing to her or whatever she's doing with uh, Franklin. So she, I just she hit I, that on the fucking money when she said that. Yeah, yeah, she absolutely crushed him right there with the like with honesty. And also, I loved how early in the film it was. It was like a half hour, thirty five yeah. minutes into the film. The film's just kind of like, by the way, this is what the problem is, and we're going to have to solve this problem. We're gonna have to solve for X before we get to the conclusion of the film. So everyone, start working on the problem here, <laughs> like. I, I really I like that new approach. I dig it too. Where it's just like, you know, if you could find a clever way of just kind of being like, all right, let's meet up, gang. So we are a third of the way through. Let's go ahead and just lay out where we're at right now. <laughs> and I feel like I, I feel like that even has like a larger uh you know role to play as a lesson too, because it's like like that's about where we're at that we need to be start just need to start doing shit like that like just just like we got issues let's get them out in the open it's going to take mm-hmm. a while to fucking fix them mm-hmm. so let's just let's use the time wisely let's use the time to fix it <laughs> let's just get it out of the open first yeah and i mean i, I compare it to the last last week's film and gary and just gary marshall films in general fucking gary but- marshall <laughs> <laughs> fucking gary marshall but like, think of like with both Pretty Woman. I mean, with all three of them, there's just like, oh, you find out more about the characters as you progress through them. It's like going through the jungle with the machete, and you have to literally clear your own path. And then you clear your own path through this whole bit of jungle, and all of a sudden you hit this like clearing, and you realize, oh, there was already a path formed, but no one told me about it. And then and, you just follow the path the rest of the way. And it's like, why did you make me cut through the fucking jungle then? If there's a path literally right next to it. Yeah. And, and so all the while I doing like, it only because someone told you, trust me, there's something worthwhile at the end. And that yeah. person that you believed was Gary fucking Marshall. <laughs> and whatever stupid script you try to direct that week. And then um, you believed him several more times. Yeah. <laughs> because we're completionists at this podcast, <laughs> if not masochists. Um, yeah, a little bit both, a little bit both. A little bit both. Uh, but with this film, they basically give you the path. The pit, it was, and it, instead of a machete through a thick jungle, it's really, you're just kind of walking through a cornfield where there's already road. <laughs> and you know... <laughs> And, it's more like just a corn maze. You just yeah, it's just a corn maze, and it's a corn maze at a pumpkin patch, and they've already showed you where the start's going to be, and you already know where the finish is going to be, which is right next to where the start is. Let's go ahead and walk into the maze now, guys. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of entertaining. I like. I know that there's a solution to this. I know we can get to that solution. Now let's just enjoy the journey along the way to that solution. And then that conversation. 35 minutes in was like inside the maze they had one of those wooden like maps or whatever <laughs> it says, you clue. are here and then it, and it shows like there's three diverging paths all of them can get you to the final but one will like but they're different difficulties and everything else just like so here's the three things you know figure out which one you want to take um <laughs> you know 
and basically there's three there's three characters that are gonna have issues with this whole thing so we're just gonna follow each of these and like so, so here's the deal one's got a chainsaw one's got a freddy krueger mask um they all are one, different halloween corn maze yeah. villains you'll run into One's going to realize or be bad about him not being a good friend. One's going to end up realizing that he's not rich and he's lied about his entire existence. And one's going to be absolutely hurt by the things he says to her in public when breaking up with her and not realizing she's has feelings for her. Also, are we, are we really saying that she doesn't want to be with him like, hundred percent purely because he lied or is just a little of that some shallow priorities as well oh it's it's definitely shallow stuff um, okay you can't i mean I like mean, yeah he shouldn't have fucking covered everything up but come on come on we it, both know it, it, she, that's not why she says it's because he's a liar and not because of like where she, where he comes from and all that but i think she's lied a little bit too at least at least she knows how to be polite it, i mean like, no, that's one of those where you just like, where you're pissed and you're just like, you know what? And I'm going to take the high road in this, like yada yada. But even if that's not really the truth. Yeah. Where like, if you wanted to cancel plans with someone and <laughs> then they call you and cancel plans right before you're going to call them and cancel plans, then you guilt trip about canceling plans. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. She's she's like, oh, you're not from Darien. Oh well, I'm gonna go ahead and oh, and you did this app thing. Oh no no no, you're a liar. Okay, <laughs> that's why I'm not going yeah. out with you. Not, he he should have just Darien, just not right. stop right there. Just say, hey, I'm not from Darien and I don't come from money. Just stop and then wait for her reaction there. I know, but like, yeah, because. I mean, don't <laughs> give her ammunition now. Well, Thank yeah, God mean, you gave me a reason to let go. Like you have this app thing, okay? That's weird. I don't know if I want to go out with you. And you're not from Darien. You're from Bridgeport. Okay, definitely not. <laughs> like, but it's about the first thing, not the second thing. Totally the first thing. God. <laughs> yeah, he deserves Celia. Yeah. Um. Their little their little build of a romance was nice. It wasn't too heavy and overwhelming um it was like just the right amount of little bits of on-screen chemistry i thought because it was because it was just done well like the because the whole the whole reason and the thing that they were just trying to show with the the love story in this film is that conversations with your your person are easy mm-hmm. and that yeah that was that another like Go ahead. Go, ahead, go ahead. Well, at least with this film, they're, they're valuing conversations over everything when it comes to relationships. And so they were basically saying, if you're in a proper relationship with the right person, the conversation is easy. Like, that's what this film is saying. Other films say different things about who, what you should look for in a partner and everything else. Some talk about, you know, the magic, the magic of, mm-hmm. you know, you see someone and it sparks and this and that and the other, you know, there's and to each rom-com its own, but this rom-com here is saying when you're with the right person, conversations are easy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not, 
that's not exclusive to any one person. That's just, that's, that can just be in the form of finding someone that is your, your type of person, your same kind of weird or your same kind of thinking, you know, mm-hmm. it's how friendships happen for fuck's sake. Like, mm-hmm. so I think, I think it's a good little like sub theme that goes along perfectly with their, their bigger obvious theme of like being your true self because like what better way to, of expressing your true self than just learning how to have a, a conversation with someone else where you're both just being you, you're being open, no filters, you know, like he gives the advice to one of the girls that he goes on a, a date practice with. Remember? Yeah. Where Which, he's like, don't talk about how- stuff that, that you think I want to hear. Talk about stuff that you want to talk about. Uh, yeah, and I love like that she was the one who found him at the date or at the yeah. dance, and like also like blew up his spot. But the way he was a good date to her was also endearing of the character. Oh, I just thought of something. Like in a way, he in a in a very small way, he teaches her. He helps teach her how to be her her real self, and in yes. a completely different way, she comes around and indirectly forces him to learn how to be his real self it makes him confront who he isn't and the reality of his fake personalities you know his identities and it makes him change that's kind of a cool little uh little nugget i like a little thing that they did with the script yeah yeah um yeah and what was did you have a favorite scene of the film Hmm. I I loved the ice cream part. Now that you brought that up, I, I when he comes out and he's just like, I found these. They have a whole fucking freezer back there of ice cream. He didn't say fucking because this is, of course, what is it? Yeah, whatever Netflix ratings are. Um, teen. But uh, yeah, that whole scene where they're like they're being real with each other. They're being, you know unfiltered i don't know how else to phrase it like it's exactly what it is and Mm -hmm. i think that was your you mentioned that was early on that was one of the first times i think they actually show that chemistry between them right yeah i mean i think there was some chemistry on that first date too a little bit right right but But like the first time you start seeing the comfort level yeah, this is their second day when they were actually starting to become real comfortable with each other. Yeah. I fucking love seeing that. That When you find that comfort level, that's exactly what they're hitting on when they're talking about the conversation. One of my best first days still to this day that I've ever had. We we showed up at a place for like fancy wine tasting and shit, and it had like fancy music. It was just like one of those formals in this movie, except, mm-hmm. you know, minus the dancing and everything. But it was awkward as fuck. We ended up leaving there and going to a, a a bar that we've both been wanting to go to, eating burgers at the bar, drinking beers for five fucking hours, just talking. And it was amazing. And that was like, I've done a lot of cool shit for first dates. And that was still the most enjoyable. Just sitting there and talking and being real. It was fun. And the beer was damn good. <laughs> still the best veggie burger i've ever fucking had in my life amazing revolution brewing if you're in chicago check it the fuck out shout out yeah 
Yep, yep. I love that ice cream scene as well. I love the letter scene at the end. The letter. Oh, yeah, when he walks off and leaves the letter. Yeah. That's a Um, good scene, too. But the my favorite scene is almost like almost bad but like i'll explain it's the scene where he's walking with the old lady and she explains to him about her husband and how she knew someone was mm. the one mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. like that scene is beautiful and it's put in the exact right spot to where you accept it at the same time you you kind of get an idea of how this hall came to be like her daughter through the app brought him over just to provide companionship for the old woman and yada yada blah blah you kind of get that that's a bit of a reach though <laughs> that's like a real reach especially to it just is. kind of insert this like yeah insert this prose like it's just like oh we uh <laughs> like here, throw some throw some lessons his way, uh, but and at the same time, though it's just it's so, it's well written as far as what she has to say. The knowledge is sound, it, it and is. also you unfortunately couldn't find like you you get a paternal figure in his speech with his dad about who he is, but you kind of need the maternal figure as well. Yeah. And so she ends up playing the maternal figure in this case. Yeah, you kind of were missing that like wise grandma type character mm-hmm. to like look in on him. I think if this was a more developed movie, if it was longer, maybe with a little more dramatic subplot or something, then I could totally see where the dad has a little bit more of a storyline in the background, but maybe a, a little more distance between him and his son kind of thing. And the grandmother is the figure that kind of has to guide him for a little bit of it. Like that, I could, I could totally see that. Yeah. I smushy face. (laughs) (laughs) She calls her fucking ex. (laughs) Her dad has a smushy face. Oh my God. Um, I just, and also it's put in the exact perfect spot too. Like after all three of the characters have kicked him on his and like thrown him on his ass. Right. And so he's just like, yeah, I think I kind of needed this, you know, and all that sort of stuff. It's just all at that perfect moment where even as an audience member, you're also taking a breath with them. You're just like, right. Yeah. Whew, like, you know, you, you have been kicked on your ass. You're come up and succumb, you know? Um, and so it it just it's a beautiful scene. Just the the street they walk down, the conversation, the the way she delivers the lines. Like that actress, whomever played her, fantastic work. She yeah, she did a damn. It had the proper amount of you know bittersweet remembrance. Rhonda and Johnson Dents. I just looked her up. Kudos, you're a queen. That was a fantastic performance in just this little bit. I loved it. I loved, uh, I loved that scene. Yeah, that was my favorite scene. I, I, I do love the scene. fuck out of that letter. I do agree that it it seemed a little uh, cheesy and forced. Like they just kind of put it in there, you know. 
And mm -hmm. it seems like you said, it seems like very outlandish, you know, like, come on, really? Like, but I think for this type of movie, that's totally acceptable. Like for, obviously it's a rom-com, so it's already kind of acceptable, but then like, you know, it's a fucking teen rom-com. Like it's about high mm -hmm. school. Shit's supposed to be a little outlandish and dressed up and shit, you know? It's not about real world adult problems, about high school problems. And I, I know if we have any high school listeners, they all fucking hate me now. But your problems ain't shit. All right. <laughs> we were laughing at just the problems that, because I mean, this for us was 15 years ago. Jesus. Like this time of life was 15 years ago that they're living in this film. And so it's just fun to watch it. And just to kind of transport back to that time that I, in my life, and just realizing, golly, you have no idea. <laughs> no idea. No idea. Yeah. Bitch is trying to fucking go to dance. Man, I woke up this morning. I can't even fucking dance in my own damn living room. Fucking bum ass knee at 33 years old. Bullshit. These kids are trying to figure out what the hell they're going to wear and shit. Oh, my God. Just wait. Just wait. Oh my gosh. Just imagine I mean, going back to your younger self. Like not a high schooler in general, just your younger, your high school self. And just being like, dude, shit's about to get real fucking real. There's gonna be a pandemic. <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> like some shit is gonna go down. You have no idea. <laughs> Marty, we gotta get in the DeLorean. <laughs> it's got bullet holes in the DeLorean and shit. There's fucking flame marks. <laughs> Marty, there's this, there's this thing called Antifa. <laughs> oh god. Doc, you seem like you seem like you changed your views on the world in the last three years. <laughs> Doc, what do you need that plutonium for now? <laughs> uh, Doc, why do you keep talking about America as if it's not still great? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> what uh, do you mean making it great again? I don't get <laughs> I don't get what you're saying, Doc. What's that white sheet in the back and that red cap? <laughs> All right, we've successfully yeah. turned Doc into a racist, so we can move on to the next part of the podcast. I mean, so we got to get that out of our system in the next three days, you know, before the next administration <laughs> comes in. So, uh, um, so let's talk That's about the, the letter and then the kiss, because the letter kind of leads into the kiss. Um, I do love that letter. So, I've explain to me the clarify the context of that scene. Cause like why why are they meeting up again? He's meeting he's meeting up because he asked her. I think he asked her to read his uh, admissions letter, and so he probably okay, keeps. So it's it's just buggered. as simple as that. Okay. Yeah, and she finally agrees to like meet him and everything else. Because I mean, that's a weird. That's a dumb thing. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's just, but at the same time, that also gives the green light to uh, Brooks to actually 
give her the letter and to actually write this letter for her. You remember writing fucking admission letters, dude? Do you remember I that wrote, shit? I only wrote one, and that was the University of Oregon. But Shout out, Dice. Do you still like vaguely remember that process, though? Nope. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> <clears throat> Look, oh well, it, I, just, I did it so many more fucking times. That's why. When it came to writing letters and shit, like, well, what I was told by my counselors because it was a public school and I was in the state and I had a 3.5 GPA my entire thing, she she said, yo, you're an automatic admit. So I basically rough draft that essay thing, bing, bang, boom, it's off. So, yeah, now that I think about it, god damn it, man. In retrospect, like now that we're thinking about going back to our younger, younger selves, you, I think I did the exact same thing for undergrad. It's just grad school that fucked me. Like there was three straight years of admissions letters and like shit, like getting together a portfolio on top of all the essays and like, oh my God, fuck that shit. You know what? The education system is fucked. Anyway, let's move on. I digress. <laughs> i'm just i'm having like ptsd from that shit man god i hated those things how does it let you talk it out man no i i gotta know oh i need professional therapy for this one man it's Oh, nah, fucking. So I love that. Like, that he finally got her to agree to see him. So that shows that she still cares. Right. If she was completely done, completely, completely not caring anymore, and there wasn't some sort of semblance of something there, she would have continued to ignore him. So having her finally agree to that. I mean, that's what I mean about the kind of rushed conclusion there. Like, that's the only thing that felt rushed in this movie. Everything else was fine. Everything else was completely, like, fleshed out, except for this little bit of the conclusion, where she's like, oh, all of a sudden she's meeting him for coffee? Yeah, Yeah. that's, okay, that's why I wanted you to explain the context up to it, because I was, that's why I was a little confused, because it was like, we made a jump. Like, that's why it's kind of flimsy, because technically he sees her at the formal, after the uh after the breakup after she slapped him so they've had a conversation after that initial thing so that at least the lines of communication can be considered open there true i forgot about that yeah and so because the lines of communication can be considered open then you would think finally after you know multiple attempts of texting you finally get her to you know help out Saying, you know, I need you to help me read the submission or just, you know, proofread the submissions letter before I send it to Yale and yada, yada, yada. Because she still thinks he wants to go to Yale. And so you sucker what- her into this by appealing to her goodwill. <laughs> yeah, because that's the only way. Uh, I- high school strategy, man. I fuck it. I mean, it's real high school that you hand the letter and then you walk the fuck out like this is gonna work. <laughs> like, oh yeah. How do you not? Oh. like get up from the table, refill your coffee, and come right back to the table and be like, so. 
Like you guys, like I'm not, I'm not leaving. Like it's very high school to walk away and think this should probably work and like, let it linger as an adult. You learn fucking take that bandaid off. Like we're cutting, like you get that bandaid off of me. <laughs> you, you win this or not girl. Cause I got, I got life to live it's clock. My biological clock's ticking. Well, I you you bring up a good point that they all of the actors do a pretty good job. While none of them like none of them convince me that they're all like these silly little high school age people. They do mm-hmm. convince me that they were high schoolers relatively recently because yeah. they knock out of the park the fucking teen angst and drama and confidence. Like their world is just so much smaller and they are on top of it and fucking king of it. Like the I mean, amount of confidence that Celia has and the, the fucking, the, the, the conversation the, she has at the dinner table with her mom. Oh my about, God. Like, I just, I need, I want to be me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the fucking the audacity of like teen <laughs> angst and confidence yeah, like that. White privileged teen angst dripping off your the side of your fucking lips as you utter these words. And it's it's so it's so trippy to think back and know, holy fuck, I really was like that. I was there. I was and there, unfortunately, yes. Even though at the time I was conscious of it and consciously trying not to become that person. Like I was like Oh, those are those are other teenagers that act like that. I'm above that. I'm different. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm not mm-hmm. gonna be that. Yeah. And it's like now I get to this age and you're like, oh no, you still fucking were, dude. Like Jesus. So they hit that on the head. Like they they all I would say Very with good. exception to um Camila Mendez. She cause she kind of like acted older than her age the whole time. True. For a high schooler, you know. But I think that's her character, so whatever. But yeah. The rest of them, like, like, oh, we haven't been hanging out at the sub shop as much, so our long childhood friendship is fucking dead in ashes. <laughs> like, uh, Jesus. No, no, it's not the sub shop. It's outside of the sub shop. They would actually hang out and do stuff. and they had, Anyway, nonetheless. I mean, yeah. But, but then, that, then but he the response, even admits. Yeah, but that, the response like, to not, like, not seeing each other outside of the sub shop is to then not see each other in the sub shop and just completely cut out. Exactly. The amount of time. It's like, dog, if this friendship actually does mean something to you and you need to see him, then why would you cut that out? Because man, you need to make a statement. It's about the principle. You need to stand yeah. up and make a showing of what they did wrong. It's just like, Oh, fuck off. It's like, yep. I remember that teen fucking drama. Jesus. Yeah. Oh my god. It's it's only funny and entertaining to watch now that it's a little bit deeper in the past. <laughs> but yeah, the letter is great. Uh <laughs> the letter is great. I like the letter. Anyway. Let's move on to the kiss of the film. So the kiss of the film is the um, last yeah, kiss. There's only one. I mean, granted, there's some kisses between Brooks and Shelby. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. But there's only one between Celia and Brooks, which is the kiss of the film. 
Well, technically two, because it goes in for a second. Yeah, the the first of those two, I'm just like, well, that was an awful kiss. Like, okay, <laughs> that was very anticlimactic. And then they go back into the second one. I'm like, ah, yes, there it is. The first one was uh, I thought was endearing for a first kiss because it first kisses usually aren't like especially at that age they're gonna be awkward and you know you're both kind of learning at the same time and in real time as you're going in for the meeting of lips i felt like it was is an accurate kiss is in that first one we don't know if it's the first kiss for both of them though well no their first kiss together true that's what i'm saying by our first kiss yeah that's true it definitely was it definitely had the air of a, a much more accurate first kiss um i don't so, know if that vibes as well with the whole movie though like the whole movie is about a fantastical high school atmosphere and then all of a sudden you have this like realistic kiss you know i'd rather go over the top and like have the camera spin around them as they slowly embrace each other under you the I, sparkling I, lights of a high school dance or something, you know, like go big. You and I, you and I always look for different things. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. I get you. I get. All right. I, I understand what you're saying and I politely disagree. So what would you grade uh, it? Uh, I would grade, I would still grade it a B. I like the sub shop and like the, curtain going up thing I, I wasn't a huge fan of the curtain going up thing <laughs> that was that was the part i liked i was like there we go there's the high schoolish teen element to it that i needed yeah but... i was just like eh. you know but i thought the accuracy of the kiss was nice and and like the chatting and everything it, it just it all felt solid you know like i like i yeah uh, you know i get it so i give it a b I'd give it a B as well. It, just a, it's a decent kiss. Nothing more, yeah. nothing less. As far as what happens after or after, of course they break up. They're eighteen. <laughs> Come on. Oh God! I remember when I was eighteen and I thought it was going to last forever. Jesus. But it's amicable, and they think of each other fondly. Yeah, see that. Definitely see that. So, what's your verdict for the film, Max? It's an easy one this week. Well, not not necessarily well, easy. I guess technically the last few weeks have been easy because they were obviously kills. Um, but yeah, but this one I guess could be tough for some people. What do you think? It's a fuck. Okay. It's a it's an entertaining movie. Like it it's definitely worth a watch. It's cute. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's simple. It's just like the grade we gave the kiss. It's nothing more, nothing less. Like it's just. It's just simply entertaining. Once is enough, and that's it. I would marry this film. Really? I would marry this film. This is the second time watching it, and I—you heard how many, how much I was laughing at it. I thought that the fucking dialogue was really good. I love the soundtrack of the film. I mentioned that in the tweets and to you, you throughout did, you the did. film. I love yeah. the soundtrack. I think that the story itself is, you know, proper, you know, just like flighty high school melodrama. Like, I mean, it's just, 
it's the perfect amount of fluff in the storyline but still centered it like it meets the perfect mix of fluff and real you know mm-hmm. to to you know to just be able to just ride along with it and then on top of everything i just enjoy watching noah centineo and laura morano talk to each other <laughs> like i just like watching them talk to each other so yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll watch this again and i will enjoy it again that goddamn boyish fucking charisma Get the hell out of you. Get the hell out of you. So we'll definitely review more of his films, but I don't think we're gonna do it immediately. So Yeah, let's uh, not let's not pull a Gary Marshall marathon and open yeah. kill it. <laughs> um but you can find our socials uh, as far as the show's Instagram at Bromancing the Stone Podcast. That's all one word together, Bromancing the Stone Podcast. And you can find our Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod. That's B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. And then my Twitter is Supermarket Sweep without the E in Super. So that's S U P R Market Sweep. And my Instagram is at Relusa88. And that's R E L U S A 88. And then Max. On Instagram, you can find me at The Lionhearted, which is T H E period L Y O N H E A R T E D. And I'm not I'm not gonna list my Twitter anymore because it's like I don't post anything. So <laughs> <laughs> well people can see what you like if you favor something. I mean then... if they really want to, and that's that's up to them. It's my Twitter handle is T H E underscore L Y O N H E A R T E D. Yeah, let's get him up to like four followers or whatever. No, three is enough. That's that's <laughs> um, so next week. Is my week to choose. All right, right. Um, I loved laughing at a film for the first time in a very long time. In the rom-com genre, calm is always nice to have <laughs> along with the rom. Gary uh, <laughs> Marshall. Yeah, you asshole. Uh, <laughs> Gary, you asshole. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> it works. Uh, that's awesome uh, but uh, I I enjoy laughing uh, I enjoy Netflix because it's easy to access these films yep, there's yep. a particular film that's been trending on Netflix it's been on Netflix for a while but for some reason it's trending again because uh, we reached that point in the quarantine true um, <laughs> but it's uh, it's also a team rom-com although it's a lot more calm than rom but i still think it fits what we're gonna it? watch can't hardly wait the 1999 classic like 20 years that before sounds so familiar why it stars jennifer love hewitt and ethan embry that's and, right and seth green uh jennifer love hewitt i forgot yeah. about you it's also got like Jamie Presley in there and like it's just Oh my it, god. Yeah, I'm looking at the cast of it right now. Holy shit. Yeah. That film, I remember watching it in theaters and it did not do very well in theaters. Like it, it didn't necessarily like I don't believe it it was kind of one of those cult classics, but I remember watching it and my sister Rebecca watched it with me. Well shit. I mean, I guess I'm giving up stories that I would say on the podcast, but but I just remember 
we left the film and we're both like that was um that was hilarious like that was actually a really good film and it just been getting panned by everyone and just unsuccessful and so uh i mean i mean it does look horrendous but yeah it's it is so it I look. I love that film. <laughs> I, and so, no, 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 no. You don't. You don't have to defend yourself. I just. I'm so, setting the bar like, low. No, I'm. I'm more like I can't necessarily even bring myself to say that it's bad. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's still good. Anyway, we'll watch have it. You, have you seen it recently? Uh, I want to say like last year, maybe a year. Oh, now, okay. I have watched it recently, but not recently. during a pandemic. So. Yeah, that changes the perspective of everything. Yeah. All right. Well, until then, for the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all and we thank you for listening. We will catch you next week. Adios. We love you guys. Stay safe.